Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the Property Pod. Today you've got me, Patrick Berry, on the mic because Aaron's on holidays and I'm not even going to attempt that intro, Aaron, because you get it wrong every week and I ain't going to do it. Nor am I. Welcome, John. How are we, mate? <laughs> I'm good, brother. I'm really excited actually for today because we've got... Look, um, I'm really nervous to begin with. I know yeah. you're about to jump in with what we're going to be talking about today, but without Aaron and working the mics by ourselves, like, this could be a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, well, we've done it once before. It sort of didn't went okay. <laughs> no, that was you and Aaron. It was. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just for some reason I had thought that you and I had a crack at once before, but I think well, yeah, maybe we, we did, and it never made it to air because Aaron yeah. was like, "That's terrible." <laughs> More than likely, <laughs> but I think today we're going to be good because we've got someone else coming in to help us. So mm. look, we've lost Aaron this week, everyone. So look, he's having a week off, having a bit of time with his family, which is fantastic. But we've replaced him with a lady by the name of Angie Roberts from My Hobart Home, and I'm really excited to get her in. Yeah, because in this case, and it's it's brilliant too because we had um, afterward made contact with Angie, um, she's ended up, her and I have been working together with a client to purchase one of the local properties as well. So he's, she's an on-the-ground boots um, buyer's agent. Yeah, well, hmm. look, we could talk all day, but let's just get straight into it, I say. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property. They have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. All right, everyone. Thanks very much for coming back. We're really excited today because we've got Angie Roberts from My Hobart Home in the studio today. Angie runs a buyer's agent here in Hobart and we're excited to find out a little bit more about it. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So for people out there, tell us a little bit about what is a buyer's agent? Uh, So a buyer's agent is someone who works exclusively for the buyer. Mm. So a selling agent is obviously looking after the best interest of the vendor and a buyer's agent is someone that you engage to look after your best interest. Uh, So they're assisting throughout the whole buying process. So firstly, obviously understanding what it is that the buyer is looking for and their property aspirations. Um, They do all of the groundwork. They search for the properties. They inspect the properties on the buyer's behalf and then shortlist the ones that they think will be suitable. Um, They negotiate with the selling agent or with the vendor and conduct all of the due diligence that's required and then help uh, the buyer in any other aspect that they require right up until settlement. Yeah, well, see, I know in people might not realise, but it's actually so much more common that in the States, for example, everyone exclusively works with buyers and sellers agents. That's it's right. just, you know, um, like in the UK, most of the world, this is a, the, the common theme where you've got representation on both sides, but it's Australia, it's sort of the unique one in some ways where yeah. um, most buyers do their research. I, can't, I know my, my brother in um, Victoria, for an instance, so he used a, a buyer's agent exclusively and because he couldn't probably be bothered doing the work. Yes. So it's like, well, yeah, if, if anyone's actually in that process, you've spent six months doing all this, what are the questions you ask? Imagine if you could just make a phone call and then bang someone, delegate all that work that you've done over the last six months and that's yes. basically what you're going to come in to do. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. I um, I was working in Sydney as a selling agent before I moved back to her Tasmania in 2018 and we worked really closely with buyers agents. It was something that was more common um, mm. in the Sydney marketplace um, and I, I saw the value that a buyer's agent could bring a buyer that had been struggling to find a property, but not only find a property, actually be successful with negotiations and be able to secure the property. Yep. Uh, so when I came back to Tasmania, um, I knew I wanted to stay within the property industry in some regard, but it just became very apparent that there was 
little assistance available for buyers, which is really why I started the business. Well, we're, um, I know in your buyers, well, you'd mentioned that obviously yourself and your family have been engaged in this industry for a long mm-hmm. time, you know, buyers and sellers and mm-hmm. developing. So what's the start there and where can you remember getting your first little taste in terms of um, property investment? So, yeah, certainly. Um, so, yeah, my dad is a builder, pop- property developer. And mm-hmm. so constantly throughout my childhood, he was buying and renovating and yep. developing and selling. So it was it was an ongoing process. Mm. And that was certainly my childhood. Um, we did have a lot of sort of hands-on experience with that as we got older and I, I realised that it was a passion of mine as well. So it did certainly become a family business with mm. my mum getting very involved in, in the interior design aspect. And, um, you know, my brother is now a builder as well. So we would be sort of on the lookout for properties and developments that would suit the family. So um, the full package. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> we've, yeah, yeah, yeah. now, yeah, with me being the agent, we've sort of got, yeah, we've got it all sorted. Yeah. So, yeah, it was certainly uh, the, the first property I bought solely on my own um, was in Sydney. Everything else up until that point had been sort of as a, a family arrangement. But it gave me confidence, obviously, you know, that we were buying and selling so often when it came to, you know, me um, being a little bit more independent, that I knew how that process worked a little bit. What surprised me um, on the flip side was when I was in Sydney and I'd bought and sold a few times in Sydney as well and obviously in the real estate industry selling as a full-time job, Um, when it came to buying back here in Tasmania. um, So in 2018, we decided that we wanted to relocate the family back to Hobart. Had very clear indication on what it was we were trying to find. I had my family on the ground who were able to assist with inspections and whatnot. But there were significant challenges that we faced, even with my experience. And so we were on planes at the last minute trying to make inspections, would arrive in Hobart and the property had already been sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it did take some time and a lot of effort to be able to secure a property back here again. And I, I thought, you know, someone with my experience and, you know, having that local family support, it was really challenging. So how difficult must it be for someone who's trying to move from interstate to Tasmania and they mm. don't have that experience or the lo- local network? So, so, so that, that point there leads me to a question. Um the type of people that would potentially engage a buyer's mm-hmm. agent, are they predominantly people from the mainland looking to buy in a different state or are they investors or is there a certain style of person that you would tend to find you deal with a little bit more? Um, it, it really varies, to be honest with you. And when I started the business, I assumed that it would be mainly mainlanders who uh-huh. are looking to migrate to Tasmania and that certainly is a large portion of uh, the you know the people I work with. But, you know, there's a lot of local buyers as well who have been out looking, as you say, for the last six 12 months doing everything that they believe is right and they they can't Can't they can't yeah they can't purchase a property so they're becoming totally disillusioned with the process absolutely um and they're just looking for help and i i think you know an extension further from that as well is it becomes so emotional and so if they can step back a little bit you know they don't want to make silly decisions so if they can step back a little bit tell someone exactly what it is they're looking for and then have them go out and do the groundwork and you know put their blood sweat and tears into it (laughs) It, it just makes the process more, you know, um, more pleasant for them and and less stressful. Well, there was something too that has been common for me is just how little that people actually know what they're signing, mm. even if it's their third or fourth offer. It's like, yeah. but has, uh, as, as one of the, you know, as your agent or your conveyance, I understand that they said they're comfortable. Mm. Has anyone actually walked you through the terms and conditions? They're mm. like, the what? Mm. I'm just mm. thinking that um, it's that so, uh, 
where I mean, when we were chatting this morning, you know, um, with the, at Eastern Avenue, um, you'd mentioned, look, you know, with your client there at the moment, they're working with their with their lawyers just to, to draw up the draw up the agreement. But I mean, the good thing is that you and I can have a conversation specifically because we know all the little ins and outs. Mm. They can quickly go back and forth the stuff that's important. But for the client though, is it especially in a very stressful buying environment where they're forced to make you know decisions in fifteen minutes really and then they're quickly. forced to sign a contract and like and they you know under pressure and they're emotionally involved and then there's clauses and stuff and so there's you can quickly make concessions or say yes and no to things that you um, quite honestly don't understand what you're mm. signing so it's that again having you as far as I could see in your back corner go hey just on, on your shoulder saying do you realise that this is the case or no no this is something we can do or can't do mm. so I mean obviously that um, negotiation aspect too comes into after finding the property and where then um, so I see that as a buyer's agent that you are just enabling someone to it's like your rational mm. thought when through an emotional decision in many ways yeah that's right absolutely. Oh, so you're referring to them as like the little bad angel and good angel yeah. in each shoulder well, not really it, it's yeah. that it's that because um because you're forced to make you know big decisions very quickly in a whole new way and a whole new genre of stuff you you know quite potentially don't understand yeah. is that it's being able to have that other person in your mind going hey just so you know have you thought of this yeah. have you referenced this this is something you need to look for absolutely and you know i i was so surprised how most people actually don't get the contract looked at even before they're putting in an offer and obviously mm. it's a standard term contract and i think that's something that's thrown a term that's thrown about the industry oh you don't need to worry it's a standard term contract but as you say people don't know what they're sta- what they're signing and yep. and they don't understand how they can you know what sort of changes they can make to the contract to make it you know more suitable to them mm. and a lot of the a lot of what we do as well is actually understanding what else is important to the vendor as well so that okay. when we're putting an offer forward we're making it as enticing as possible so, so it doesn't all become about price basically i guess what you're trying to say is that you will help the vendor where you can yeah, to well, also make your clients offer look more appealing well, that's mm. right when the market is so tough you know it, obviously if if you're willing to spend the most money that helps but we're <laughs> yeah. not we're not always and yeah. certainly we don't want to overpay for a property it is about making smart decisions but if you can understand the other aspects of the deal that could be important to the vendor so for example if they've already purchased a property and they're trying to tee up simultaneous settlements Mm. so they don't have to organize bridging finance and whatnot if i if i can get that information from the agent when we put our offer forward if our settlement period lines up then that holds value to the vendor definitely does so Mm. it isn't just about price it can be about other things as well that as you say makes their offer more enticing and then they've got more chance of success Mm. so this is you know they'll they'll give you the scope of their profile so Mm -hmm. the so the buyer's going okay look really simple but i'm looking for a three-bedroom two bathroom house for mm-hmm. my family in a certain suburb so mm-hmm. in that sense you're profiling them to go just as they would themselves right mm-hmm. so it's like what they're after what suburbs you need what sort mm-hmm. of price guide and then it's on you to you'll do all the groundwork and mm-hmm. then so you'll start to you'll look at the property mm-hmm. um and then you'll do inventory and then at this point then it's only to once you get to a select few that you're comfortable with presenting to the client and then you begin the consideration of offers is that sort of the yeah, idea it does depend on the buyer you're working with as well okay. um obviously for mainland buyers they can't get here at the moment so i'm buying for people sight unseen so the process is a little bit different you know where we take videos for everyone but the videos become very important mm. and it's crucial that i understand exactly what it is that they're looking for in terms of the feel and the style for the house if it is an owner occupier you don't want to get that wrong yeah 
Um, if, if someone's local, uh, you know, not that the pressure's taken off, but you've obviously got that opportunity that they can come in and inspect and make sure that what you think they were after is actually what they're after. Yep. Um, so it's a relationship that grows. Um, you know, ordinarily it probably takes a couple of months for us to find a property, again, depending on their sort of timing requirements. And I assume um, one of the changes over time as well, like what a buyer yes. says on day one turns out to be something completely different and, on and day oh, yeah. 90 yeah, as to yeah, what they yeah, end up absolutely, buying. Absolutely, totally, with the property and with the location and what they thought was important to them, they realise that perhaps there's another, you know, there's an, you know, a whole other um, set of requirements that they hadn't first considered. Mm. Um, but, but yes, generally I, I um, am, am sourcing the property. So at the moment, because it is so competitive, a lot of what I doing, I'm doing sorry, is based on uh, trying to uncover off-market listings and at least get sort of um, for, um, you know, sort of notice about properties that are upcoming. Yeah. Um, so even if they are going to market, if I can find out from the agent a week or two beforehand. So then you can um, get your foot in the door absolutely. and just start the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and even, even you know, three or four days notice gives you a far better advantage to someone who's finding out about the property once it hits, you know, mm. realestate.com. Well, you're mm. right. It gives you that opportunity not to have to make that snap decision. Exactly. Like it gives you that opportunity to do a bit of test yeah. and measure and to yeah. look into it a little bit more deeper before the agent's ringing you and saying, I need an answer yeah. by five o'clock yeah, tonight. exactly. Mm. And it kind of means actually that then we get to set that timing yep. so if we've if we've been in there a week earlier and we've done all of our due diligence and you know the the agent says no we need to open this weekend you know we can kind of be applying the pressure pressure as well to say okay you can have this weekend but that's it you know yep. so it, it doesn't give the other buyers on the ground as long to get involved in the negotiations so we're minimizing our competition to you know a certain degree well yep. and that's a that's a good point you make there because um, ultimately I think people have this thought that do I have to sign anything? No, everyone's in mm. total control at all times mm, and so right. it's the same even when, like you said, is it to the, the idea of putting the pressure on or is what you're, what you're meaning for, to people understand is you're setting a time frame. So that's what right. that would be in that case I assume is that look, hey, we've, we're more than happy to what we believe is an exceptionally competitive offer mm-hmm. but this is going to be only available 24 hours right. for example. Correct, correct. And mm. you know, you don't want to apply too much pressure either because you understand that the vendor is in a you know emotional, stressful position also so they want to do what's right for them so it's not about selling agent versus buyer's agent at all you know I don't want that sort of competitive environment it's about understanding that we've got two parties with hopefully hopefully you know where you can you can make Mm. a win-win you understand the needs of both people and the objectives of both people and it's matching those needs look I think at the end of the day we're all trying to do the same thing which Mm. is just get a property sold in the most efficient way possible Mm. and Mm. It shouldn't be an us versus them no. between you guys and obviously no. us as agents. But, yeah. yeah, it's really exciting to see yeah. how this is sort of taking play and yeah. how it can be helpful to a buyer in yeah. the marketplace. And, and it's great for me sort of, you know, in the last, I, I started the business at the beginning of the year and just seeing the change and, uh, you know, change in, of opinion and even the again, engagement, sorry, with buyers, uh, with agents that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. They understand that the value that we bring now as well in Absolutely. terms of having a qualified buyer and having someone who is able to help a buyer through the process you know sometimes that is left to the agent and it becomes a bit of a conflict because they need to they need to look after the vendor's best interest you know they're trying to do the right thing by a buyer and help guide them along the process so if I can step in and take that responsibility off them, it makes for you know it makes for an easier process all round. Well, absolutely. And a classic example of that for me recently was um, a property that didn't come up with finance, and where one of the 
challenges with that one was the the valuation was exceptionally harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, look, you know, it, it happens. You can't mm. really backtrack after that. But I mean, to perspective, is that the the owner had had a mortgage valuation that was thirty thousand dollars higher than the the second valuation that came in only a couple months later. So, mm. unfortunately, the two valuers were looking from two very different perspectives, and the, what we there was not really much we could do about that. But where it came to the education with the buyer is that where I was talking about that idea was do do, do they know what they're signing? Mm. Is it you know I'd spent 30, 30 to forty five minutes walking them through. Look, these are it's you know this is related to your condition precedent. So if you if your finance clause decline based on the valuation that we've discussed about, we know that in conjunction with your broker, this should all map out mm. properly. Is it it was okay? Unfortunately, it didn't pan out. But then they were asking me is like okay, so what do I who, what do I do now? Who who do I need to notify? Mm. What, what do I say to my conveyancer? And then, mm. um, and now I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with having those conversations. But the reality is a lot of the time that where agents are much more accessible than, you know, your finance broker or your lawyer uh, counterpart is that if they've got a question at 5.30, well, who do you call? Mm. It always mm. leans back on the agent. agent. And I suppose where the reality is is that um, – um, I mean, I have obviously I've got a vested interest to get the deal together for the mm. vendor, but mm. we're trying to look after the buyers as best as mm. we can. But generally speaking, they've got no one in their corner to be able to call because not every selling agent's going to provide that same level that's of right. in-depth conversation um, that you know we might do here. Yes. Um, and that's why, like, for having you there is so vital because mm. then one, you'd be accessible mm. to those buyers. So by the time you have the conversation with me, like we, um, like all that um, backward work between the clients is done, so we can get to a very quick conversation mm. around about how do we get this deal together for example that's right yeah I've got a similar one at the moment actually and I think this is where I'm really relying on my experience as a selling agent because yep. I know the conversations a selling agent needs to have with their vendor mm. so we've had one where we had a, a short finance clause and banks taking as long as they are at the moment um, we weren't able to meet her in quite the time so we needed an, an extension um, and just having the being able to get extract the information from the buyer that I knew was going to be important for the agent to communicate to his vendor, it just made the process really easy and really seamless and they've agreed to the extension without trouble. Um, The buyers were really nervous and I think, you know, sort of a natural reaction is to not communicate. So they weren't providing (laughs) the information. You know, if I sit in the corner and I don't call anyone, hopefully they won't realise we're not quite, you know, we're not meeting the deadline and everything will be okay. Um, But I understand sort of the broader, broader need of everyone involved. So I could get the information from their broker that we required. I could reassure the agent that they're doing everything that they can and mm. that, you know, signs are looking great and then in turn he can tell his vendor that and we get agreement and, you know, touch wood, we should be we should I think be that's the problem the is communication day. does get dropped off a lot mm. um, and people think that they can just bury their head in the mm. sand instead of having that, that mm. conversation. And nine times out of ten, a lot of vendors are happy to work with purchasers yes. mm. as long as they know what's happening. That's right. Not yeah. knowing what's happening for a vendor is probably the worst thing that yeah. they can experience yeah. because they're just sitting there worrying about, like, am I moving am I not, what's happening. So I think the more conversations that can happen with a purchaser and getting them to understand, Mm. tell us everything, Mm. helps keep mm. deals moving forward that's right yeah, What's, you've it, got more trust it's kind of like in a partner you're sitting there on the couch and you you know you, you know your wife's just like clambered up you're like I, I, are you okay fine, fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> everything is not fine Could you please just tell me what's up otherwise I can't do anything about it you know and so it, I've, I've sort of my sort of analogy that I'll often start with well, a contract is a relationship mm. that has to be maintained um, and I think of it like spot fires somewhat you're just constantly dousing them out so it's that if there's anything that's gets wrong or you're concerned about, please let me know. 
Otherwise, if it sits in the dark, it doesn't like yeah, like get you said, they cl- it doesn't get dealt with. It doesn't just sort of go away. No, mm. it festers, and then the, mm. the fire blows up into the point where the deal breaks down. That's right. Because and where it could have very been easy fixed with a simple conversation. Mm. Well, then I suppose, like you said at the start, like right now too, where um, you had a real hard time uh, one purchasing property when you're interstate, mm. and you know we thought after the recent COVID outbreak that things might have mm. died down. It seems that the activity is still very vibrant in the Hobart market. Absolutely. I mean, what are some what are some things that you're doing? as a professional then in order to help secure deals for your clients that yeah. other people might not have considered themselves? Um, in this market, I mean, there's a few ways that we're helping, but I mean, I've touched mm. on it already. It really is about getting that early exposure to properties that are coming up or ones that are selling off market. Yeah. So it's really building those good relationships. It has to be. Yeah. 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 And, um, and, and that's, you know, that's an ongoing process. I mean, agents are very busy as you would know, mm. and your focus obviously needs to be on finding the listings and selling the properties that you've got um, currently listed. Um, so it, it's taking, you know, weekly, in some cases, daily phone calls following up with agents saying, I have a qualified buyer, this is their buyer's brief. You mentioned you might have something coming up in South Hobart or whatever it might be, mm. where are you at with that? And so I've just got this constant sort of follow-up happening so that I am keeping in tune with what is coming on and what the potential options for my clients are going to be. So, I mean, that's in this kind of market, it is about being able to create, um, you know, widening their property options by giving them exposure to more properties. Mm. It's also about the stress and time and energy, you know, Mm. um, sort of things that we mentioned before, being able to sort of detach yourself somewhat from the process so you're not becoming disheartened. And as the market shifts, which I hope it does, to mm-hmm. at least even out or be a little bit more of a buyer's market, um, you know, it, I, I think buyer's agents are just as important, but at mm. that point it becomes a little bit more about um, the analysis of value and the negotiation yep. so that buyers are able or, you know, the buyer's agent certainly should be able to pick that swing in the market. Yeah. And I- yeah, and then you're not looking at prices six months ago, you're looking at prices this week or yesterday. Mm. And mm. so that you're making sure that you take full advantage of that swing. So I can imagine like um, a lot of people at the moment um, may trying to set up retirements and things like mm-hmm. this. Maybe we're looking at share markets, they're not quite performing as well and now considering potential rental properties mm-hmm. for investment. As an inv- someone that's new to investment, if I was to hire you as a buyer's agent, how would you guide me through trying to pick what I should be looking to buy? Like I've never owned a, re- a rental property before. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keen to get into the, the market, but I just don't want to go buy the first place I see and spend too much on it or, you know, not understand why I'm buying in that area, for instance. Absolutely. I mean, again, it comes down to your requirements as an investor. So some investors will obviously look for yield Mm -hmm. um, and that's what it's all about, that they can get that sort of regular income. Um, Others, it's more about the capital growth and then development is probably the third other, you know, sort of key aspect that we're looking for um, with investments. So once I get a clear understanding on, on what it is you're looking for, if you are retiring, probably it's more an easy care investment that, you know, you can get a balance of a reasonable yield but also some capital growth yep um i'll suggest suburbs to you and obviously the budget plays a plays a large part in in the kind of property that we're looking for be it a unit or an established home so in in those instances it can take a little bit longer to really you know it's not so much necessarily about the location on the specific property it is more about the package as a whole uh-huh. um but once i find properties that i believe are, are suitable and if you can get a property that's already being used as an investment so you've got a tenant in there and you've got that sort of guaranteed income from the moment you, you take schedule. over um, it, it's a bonus um, but yeah it, it's really sort of finding a, a property that is going to meet the individual requirements of each of each person mm. but we provide comprehensive reports so they get a full understanding on the suburb data and the trends and demographic and that kind of thing 
um, so that they can try and match the property um, to something that sort of fits their overall aim and objective. Yeah, that makes sense because it's that three sort of core indicators there, which was, you know, um, capital growth or mm-hmm. yield, for example. But then if one might be completely irrelevant to one person because they would just really want to maximise their tax benefits by yes. having grossly um, under underlet in order to maximise the cap, um, what do you call it, the negative gearing. negative gearing, thank you. But then, if, but then, or it could be, yeah, like you said, a, um, a, a buy, um, renovate and flip scenario mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So um, they're all classified as investment properties, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to buy a drastically, very drastically different kind of property if they want to, um, you know, work to their plan in that That's sense. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I suppose where, for again, for me, it's like, well, I'd rather be able to say, look, here are my three things. You please do that, please. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go back and do what I, mm-hmm. you know, and just go do something else. That's there. right. Yeah. And, and even more so with an investment because it is, you know, there is no emotion involved. It is just about something that, um, you know, where the numbers will work. Mm. Um, so it's quite easy to sort of be able to hand that off to someone else and say, okay, this is this is a brief, go and find it and yeah, you get cool. back to living your life. Well, there's, I mean, that that's a good sort of good segue where, you said if the numbers will work and I think a lot of the time people look at selling agents as the same it's like well oh the numbers would work if I didn't have to pay an agent to sell the damn thing mm-hmm. um, obviously uh, how does a engaging a buyer's agent then what what's the brief there because is the buyer's paying your service isn't it and Correct. then obviously you probably go through the same process it's like well why should I be paying you when I have to do it? it's like so what, what what's the, what does that look like for a buyer engaging you and what that might look like in good of cost and value yeah, in a lot of ways certainly um, so I I am a bit flexible in that regard in terms of I don't want people there's a there's a lot of different services that we offer and mm. I don't want people to pay for services that they don't see value in or they don't have a need oh, for great. Um, so we do tailor it depending on the requirement obviously people coming from the mainland who can't inspect the property they need the whole sort package of the whole package yep. yes mm. but there are other people who are based here who you know might just want someone who is in the market on a daily basis to provide an assessment on value and what they think it's worth and just give so them all of the data on the comparable that. sales that's right yeah. um, so it and and again, you know, there's other people who just logistically can't get here. They've bought and sold properties for their life and they've no issue in dealing with the agent and managing the negotiation, but they just need someone to physically inspect the property and make sure there's no sort of, um, you know, no concerns that they can't see based on the online listing. Mm. Um, so we vary the service to, um, to the individual needs. But to answer your question, there's an engagement fee. Um, which obviously, you know, uh, people pay up front. Mm-hmm. That tells me that they're a serious buyer and they're committed to the relationship that we're going to form and of all of the work that I put in from that day one. And then there is a success fee that's then payable um, on settlement, which obviously is only payable when they're when we've achieved the objective and, yeah, yeah. and purchased the property. So again, that that those fees do vary a little bit based on someone's timing or their budget. But yeah, we sort of work with what their what their objectives are and, and what their budget is. And is there a limit as to how many people you can sort of manage at one time? Like I assume there there probably is to be able to offer the level of service that you're yes, you're suggesting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I at the moment I've found the golden number is four. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, possibly as I you know, and it depends. It, it's challenging at the moment because the stock levels are down of course. and so I'm having to spend so much time and energy actually finding the properties you know even when that swaps it might be something that um you know I can I can purchase properties a little bit more efficiently and it's not taking so much groundwork mm. um so yeah at the moment I find is four and I try not to have any crossover obviously between what people are looking for I don't want two I, of my clients yeah, sort of don't want two people both one. wanting an investment property no, for the same purpose that's Absolutely. right that's right so um you know it is yeah, I, I, and we're at the point already where, um, you know, I unfortunately have to say to people, I've got a full book at the moment to feel mm. committed that I can offer the service that I want to provide. Um, I can't help you right yeah, now. That must be really challenging because 
are you the only uh, buyer's agent in Hobart at the moment? Or? There are. There's a couple now. Okay, um, cool. So, but it is, yeah, a relatively new service. So, yeah, there's, I, I think there's certainly enough opportunity out there for, you know, for the players in the market currently. Um, and there doesn't seem to be a downturn in the people wanting to move to Tasmania. So I think that's I think sort it's of probably going to go up, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, is going to grow, and they're the people that seem to um, need need more help. But we want to be able to offer the service to the local people as well who see value in it. Um, so yeah, it's well, and I think that um, where you said you've got those differing levels of service. Um, where um, it could just be for – you just need someone who is going to provide you advice, is the value correct? Because a lot of the time it's like, oh, oh but my, you know, my uncle or my auntie or my dad or my, my brother said, oh, you, you paid too much. It's like, okay, I don't want to discredit anything oh, they said. But it's just like, dads. But, yeah, cause <laughs> maybe just get some impartial advice. That's exactly right. Um, and yeah. also too where understanding that purchasing that engagement fee is like, mm-hmm. well, you are you are investing in someone's service so they have got your back 100% too. So it's not like, oh, oh but they're, they're, you know, they're doing it for me. It's like, well, there's a difference, I suppose, when there is a financial transaction in yeah. business where it's like, no, no, you've paid me to do a very good service for this particular thing. You that's know? Right. So yeah. that's all I'm engaged to do. So you're getting someone to protect your interest when you're mm-hmm. purchasing a property. And that's so much different than going, oh, calling on a mate. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. And that's why then it, it may seem like a little bit upfront, but get the value you get at the end mm. of the day, you just you, you pay for yourself. Mm. You know, it's really simple. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I certainly hope so. And yeah, feedback to date has been positive. Yeah. Well, I think that um, it sums it up really well, Angie. Mm. And I think that's probably a, a good spot that we might sort of put a pin in it for today. Mm. Um, but I think it's going to give people a, a real understanding as to what a buyer's agent does. There would be a lot of people listening today that probably don't even know people like yourself exist. Mm, mm. And I think it'll be a welcome sort of thing for people to realise is out there as, as added help because a lot of people do struggle, mm, I guess. Mm. So to know that there is someone there that can help you in the buying process is a great thing. So how do people find you? I know you've got a full book at the moment, but if they were wanting to reach out, what is the best way to, to reach out to you? Certainly. Call me at any time. But, um, yeah, my uh, website is myhobarthome.com.au. If you jump on there, it's got full information on our services and obviously contact details. Um, I'd love to have a chat and help out where I can. Awesome. Well, we thank you so much for being part of our show today. Um, obviously, really excited to get you on and hopefully we can get you on again in the future to have another chat. Wonderful. Love to. Thank Beautiful. You. Thanks heaps of your time. Thanks, Angie. See, that was – I'm really glad uh, – that was really awesome for Angie to come in and to think that uh, where – I like the way she said that you, people would think that, you know, buyers and sellers agents are adversaries. It's like that's not the story at all. Um, the whole point is we're actually working together – um, to in the best interest of both clients in order to get the deal together. It's not um, – and that's the thought where people think, oh, it has to be I won or, or, or you know, and I'll beat the other person. Normally when it comes to house negotiation, it's about a win-win. Mm. Um, and um, by us working with, um, you know, as a buyer's agents a lot of the time or for uh, in both parties is that everyone comes off better because yeah, you've got professionals working for you in every direction. No, that's it. And I think um, the, the ideas that Angie put on the table today were a real eye-opener for the industry as to what the job of a buyer's agent is and – I can see why people want to work with her and why she's probably got a full book at the moment. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully she makes our jobs easier all around. 100%. Yeah, so I think for, for me, if um, yeah, if anyone's um, been considering it's worth worth asking the question because, yeah, well, the service is highly valuable. You're, you're a fond lover of having someone in your team, John, so. That's right, that's right. <laughs> we, we just got another one. <laughs> this team, look, 
they, they say an NFL football team is large, yeah. Sean, but I think your team is now larger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most likely. Because <laughs> you got a, you got a guy for everything. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> I, got a guy. I got guys and gals. <laughs> <laughs> Look, really fun. Look, can't wait to get back on the mics next week of ours, so that's going to be exciting. Yep. So, um, look – I don't even know what we're doing next week. It's going to be a mystery for everyone. I'd love to spruce next week's episode, but I think it's a bit of a surprise. Mystery box at the moment, but it's going to be great. Yeah, I can already feel it, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to us. Um, I know it's uh, always different just with John and Pat on the mic, but hopefully you got a bit out of it today. And look, we look forward to getting the full team back on the mics next week. Thanks a lot. Till then. See you guys. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this